Hi, I'm Jim Shooter, and you're listening to the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to episode 72 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Verbanis, and as always, I'm joined by, the, well, some people say the best gosh darn co-host out there, and that would be Mr. Bob Lucius. <laughs> hey, Bob. <laughs> Hello, Marion. <laughs> well, hey. I don't know who those some people are, but they're greatly mistaken. Uh, and B, uh, who the hell is Marion? Who's Marion? Who's Marion? <laughs> Bob. Ah, all right, Bob. Tell me you did a little bit of research. What year is the comic book that we're covering today? What, what year did it come out? Oh, gosh. Um, it was around 81. It was precisely 81. All right. Okay. Uh-huh. And Bob, what was the number one grossing movie in 1981? Oh, 1981. I, I don't know, Rick. I don't, I don't know. I don't work well under pressure. What, what was, what was the most? Raiders top? of the Lost Ark. Oh gosh. And, huh. and, yeah. and the scene where Indy uh-huh. shows up to see Marion for the very first time. He hasn't seen her in 10 years. Yes. And he shows up to her bar. I think it's Nepal. And he says, hello, Marion. And there's this big shadow on the wall. That's all you see is a shadow. And then you see her reaction to the shadow. Mm-hmm. And there you go, Bob. That's my hello for you. Trying wow. again, once again, trying to wow. pull it full circle to what we're covering today. All right. I, no you know, small I, feet, Bob. It isn't. It isn't. I know. I, I, I respect, I respect that about you. Uh, I don't know. I was thrown off because I was, I was wondering what's the tie to John Wayne, right? Cause you know, that's, that's John Wayne's real first name, uh, Marion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was trying to figure out like, what, what, what does John Wayne have to do with this? So, but Raiders a lot makes perfect sense now. Okay. Great. Connected glad, the dots uh, for me. I, I'm, I'm glad you're on board. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So today we're covering Captain America issue number 260 came out in 1981. Uh, you may ask what is special about this issue? Um, well, it is a issue about prison reform mm. and you may say, okay, uh, tell me more. Well, uh, the actual title to this issue is called Prison Reform, and it's written by Al Milgram. And normally Al's known as either a penciler or an inker or even an editor, uh, but he has written as well. And this is this is an issue, like a one shot issue that he wrote. And Bob, going on in Congress in in 1982 mm-hmm. was a bill for criminal justice reform. Right. And so there was a lot of conversation about that in 1981. Yeah. And um, so I think maybe that's what this this issue uh, was about, kind of what was hot topic at the time. Uh, So it's a fun story. And we thought we would cover it today. Yeah. Well, you know why that was a big conversation, Rick? Tell me more, Bob. Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, well, I'm, you're, I'm sure you're familiar with the Attica prison riot that took place in 1971 up near Buffalo, New York, right? Oh, Everybody, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, who Attica, could forget? Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly, right? Oof. Attica, Attica. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But in February 1980, there was another uh, significant prison riot that led to something like 44 inmates being killed. And that was the 1980 New uh, New Mexico State Penitentiary riot that took place over a period of a couple days. And it was brutal, brutal prisoners killing prisoners. They called in the National Guard. It was a huge deal. It was all over the news back in early 1980. And that is what precipitated congressional action uh, in, in the following years. And so I, I suspect that the, that story drove in part, at least uh, this issue. Yeah. Hot topic, hot topic mm-hmm. in that time in 1981. Yeah. Um, and you know what? We should ask the writer Al Milgram about it. That's a great idea. Yeah. Matter of fact, I think Al's going to be our guest in our next episode. So we're going to have Al uh, legendary anchor, penciler, editor, and writer, 
be a guest on the show next uh, next episode with episode 73. So uh, let's uh, let's keep that in the back of our mind as we're going through this issue of some questions we may want to ask him. Indeed. So, Bob, uh, we have a little contest that we got going on, right? Um, mm-hmm. We don't really we don't really need to talk about it, right? Do we? We could just we can just skip it this week. <laughs> well, I don't have any progress to report one way. Some progress, or what are they? What's it? What's what's I, I, regression? Deprogress? Depro? I like deprogress better. I, neither one of those is ringing a bell for me this week. So uh, it was yeah. a tough week, Bob. It was mm-hmm. a tough week. It was. So, so for those uh, who aren't familiar, uh, and you haven't been listening to the last, uh, I don't know, five or six episodes, shame on you. But uh, we'll get you up to speed. So we have this. We've, we figured at the beginning of the year, we both, we found out we both had a goal of losing 10 pounds. So we said, all right, well, let's, let's um, motivate each other. Let's have a little contest. Mm-hmm. And the loser of the contest um, has to sing a song on air uh, from the winner's choice. And we've had a, a few good songs that we've, we've thought of back and forth, right? Uh, I said, if I win, you should sing. Uh, Cindy Lauper's girls just want to have fun or the divinals. I, I touch myself. Uh, we both said Bette Midler's wind beneath my wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, I mentioned last week, uh, all of me, I think, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. which, and then you had some good ones too. Yeah. A couple of Sheena Easton classics, uh, uh-huh. that I, I was sort of leaning on sugar walls struck maybe, uh, mm-hmm. um, you could have been with me. I, uh, you know, any of those, I think. A- anything for Sheena Easton would ring my bell. <laughs> isn't, that a, uh, isn't that a lyric in one of our songs? Ring yeah, my bell? Pro- yeah, probably. That's a different, different song. Oh, okay. But, Sorry, yeah. I'm confusing it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, what do you got this week, Bob? What, what are your thoughts this week? Uh, if, if, if I were to lose, which is probably likely, <laughs> what, what do you think uh, I should sing? Well, you know, it's... Um, I've been listening to a lot of different music this week. And so I am thinking uh, either Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know it. You know it, girl. Yep. Or something a little bit later uh, from about this time frame, a little bit of Irene Cara, Flashdance, What a Feeling. Ah. Yeah. You like to pick songs where I would have to gyrate at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I want to see you do that water thing <laughs> in your new Captain America chair. That that would be awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, you did mention Sheena Easton. Uh-huh. And so, which, of course, makes me think of Prince. And Ooh. one of my favorite songs <clears throat> by Prince is Kiss. Oh, <laughs> I think I think I would love to hear it. Not not only because, you know, we're not going to make you sing the whole song, maybe like 30 yeah. seconds. Yeah. Right. So I'm thinking more of the end of the song where it goes like this. Don't have to be to room oh, Here it is. Extra time and yo. Yes. Oh yeah. All right. So uh, you know, I, I, I want to hear you hit those high notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little sweet. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. So Bob, moment of truth. Where are you at since you started and since you are now? How how uh, much have you lost since since the beginning? Oh, all right. Uh, since the beginning, uh, I gosh, you, you caught me unawares here. I haven't I haven't lost any. Uh, so I am still down at 202.8. What? So, no, you yeah. were way before, way more than that, like last time we checked in. You oh, were no. like at like four and a half pounds or something. Yeah, because I started at like 207.8. And what are you now? 202, 202.8. Oh, so you lost five, five pounds. I'm halfway there, yeah. Oh, I, haven't, okay. I haven't gained any or lost any this week. I'm just oh, okay. I, riding steady. Hmm. So I'm sure, I'm sure that the uh, the big glass of stout and the bowl of potato chips last night, <laughs> as I was eating and drinking my feelings, didn't help. So. Uh, well, yeah, I um, I've lost a little bit in the last week. All right. Uh, I'm I'm now at a total 
of three and a half pounds. All right. Okay. So I think I've lost a half pound in the last week. Uh, not as much because my goal is at least a pound a week. And this is only half a pound. So I'm only three and a half pounds. I mean, I don't understand. Like my, my pants fit better. I'm, I look better, mm-hmm. but uh, it's not as much as I had thought. So yeah, it's, it's deceptive how slowly mm-hmm. that stuff uh falls off off the yeah. bones yeah yeah so folks uh you may easier. be listening to this contest all the way through like the fall we're gonna struggle to come up with new songs every week <laughs> as much as i struggle to come up with a new hello every week uh, oh this is so sad <laughs> all right <laughs> Hey Bob, we have a, a we have another um, Apple review, five star review. Yes, yeah. So we got a, a new review in, um, and this one is from Jason Olson. Uh, and Jason, by the way, is a member of our Facebook group and writer of a uh, a really nice, like, fun book uh, about Mark Grunewald, longtime Captain America writer. Uh, so. Uh, we appreciate Jason uh, giving the review and the title to this is put your thinking cap on. Nice. Right. Yeah. Ah, We love, we love puns. Yeah. We love puns. Um, He, and it's a little long. Here you go. I was introduced to this podcast late last year. And from that first episode on, I was hooked. Obviously Captain America is a character I care deeply about. And if you're reading this review, you probably care about cap too. But just finding a podcast that talks about a thing you like is no guarantee that you'll stay with that podcast. Rick and Bob make this work because they don't just like Captain America. They get what makes Cap matter. And they've got an engaging rapport and are both relatable and affable. It makes for a great podcast. I spent a lot of time writing and thinking about Captain America comics and when you get into academic end of analysis, it becomes easy to lose track of what matters. And Rick and Bob's love of this character and his comics and their willingness to find the joy that drives these decades and decades worth of stories is awesome. But they're also unafraid to delve into challenging themes, something long a part of Cap Comics. If you care about Captain America comics, then this is absolutely a podcast for you. Why, thank you, Jason. That was, uh, I don't know if you get paid by the word, but this uh, was a, a fantastic review. So thank you very much. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> no, Bob, <laughs> you're affable. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a great review. Really, that, that means a lot when, when folks uh, take the time to make those reviews. And uh, yeah, man. Yeah, 100%. My days are made. Hundred percent. So now that's seven, Bob. That's seven since we started the uh, the bribe <laughs> of the first. The next ten people uh, will randomly pick three to give away a what would Cap do challenge coin. So we're seven seventy percent there, Bob. We need three more five star reviews, and then we will pick three and send this out to you. Okay, Bob. All right. I think we could get to the story. Um, so let's talk about this story. We mentioned it in the beginning of the, uh, this came out in 1981. It was The cover date was August. So probably hit the racks maybe like in June or something like that. We mentioned uh, it was written by Al Milgram. The penciler is Alan Cooperberg. Now, Alan, if that name's familiar, but you can't place him, it's probably because he, he wasn't well known for like a particular series he did in, in from like the course of this, you know, the, the, the late seventies and, and the eighties um, he did a lot of fill-ins um, and I think the, the longest run he had of anything was when he drew uh, for backup stories uh, for Marvel tales um, he drew that for like three years and it was the spider ham stories. Uh, that was like probably his most regular gig, um, but he's done a lot of fill-ins here and there. So for Captain America, this is actually his second issue. He did one with 240 
And then he comes back uh, next year and does 271. So he only did three issues of Captain America. However, he's no stranger to Captain America because uh, he did draw him in uh, a few years before this in The Invaders. He did, I want to say, uh, that was actually, I take that back. That was a, a nice little run for him. Uh, he did issues 29 and 30, and then he came back and did 32 through 41. So um, he... Uh, so if that name's familiar, probably you probably know him from the Invaders. Mm-hmm. The Inkers um, are listed as Quick Draw Studios. Now, Quick Draw Studios uh, it was led by a longtime inker, Frank McLaughlin. Um, but you just don't know which pages were his and which pages were some of his associates. And then also Al Milgram did some pages uh, on here as inking. Um, Colorists. We've got a few. We've got Doc Martin, George Rossos, and Don Warfield. Letterer, longtime letterer, Jim Novak. And then the editor, uh, Jim Salakrup and Bob Budiaski. So, uh, and actually, you know what? I take that back. Um, from notes I read somewhere else, uh, Al, Al did the inks on the last few pages, 18 through 22. All right, Bob. So let's talk about the cover. Um, yeah. If you saw this cover, you would immediately recognize as, as just an amazing cover. And this, the cover is done by Al Milgram. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it is 50 cents, and it has the Marvel Comics Group bar across the top. And in the corner box, um, we have still remaining the John Byrne Captain America that's, that's charging from the corner. But the cover is amazing in its simplicity so we have cap and it says behind bars now it's the captain america red white and blue logo um from that time period but you know a little bit of a um uh, what would you call that uh people people at home can't see my hands bob but you know it's kind of like a i wouldn't say like a little hump like, you know, like the little curvature. That's the yeah. word I'm going for. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, so there's these, these bars, right? There's seven bars, white bars that um, Cap is standing behind and he's got his arms stretched out. Now he's in his Captain America uniform. You can't see the shield. And he's got his arms stretched out. And he's got his hands wrapped around the two furthest bars from each other. And he's got a dour look on his face. You know, he's, he looks angry yet determined. And then behind him is a shadow of a window with bars on it that's being reflected on the wall behind him. Now, outside of the red, white, and blue, and black that's used to do Captain America's uniform, the background is the same color blue as his costume. And then when I mentioned that window behind him, the bars are blue that blend in with the wall. And then the white is, is the outline of, of the window. So there's light coming in, right? And it's creating shadows uh, of the bars on Captain America's uniform. And it's just an amazing use of colors blending into each other. Um, and when we talk to Al next episode, uh, I know um, he's he has a particular artist that he of a, of a style that he emulated for this cover. Huh. You know, I didn't I didn't know that, Rick. Um, I, I'm looking forward to that, having that conversation, because one of I think one of the hottest artists today is a guy by the name of John Tyler Christopher. Are you familiar with with JTC? Well, you know, the you know, there's uh, three point seven, five inch retro Hasbro figures mm-hmm. that sort of, they're like phase one, phase two, phase three, you know, they, there's a couple, there's a Captain America one, there's a U.S. agent one. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are little ones, right? The Hasbro oh, yeah, 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 right. He, he does all of the art for the cards. He, ha- he has a little bit of a John Byrne look to him. He does, but he's also very well known for his negative space variants. Mm. And so he's done a whole slew of them for star wars characters he's done some spider-man ones he's done miss marvel he, he's done a whole bunch of them uh moon knights uh that have uh this same sort of effect where the background color is the same color as part of the 
the character's outfit or uniform or costume. And so mm-hmm. it blends in really pot. I've been bugging him constantly to do a Captain America negative space variant uh, cover. But I, I wonder uh, if he's been at all influenced by by this cover or uh, they have the same art influence uh, that influenced uh, Al to mm-hmm. uh, and his style for this cover. So I'll, I'll be interested in that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to talking about that with Al. Um, so we get to the opening page um, and we see Captain America. Um, he is walking um through a prison escorted on either side of him uh by two armed guards uh, armed with billy clubs um and they're in full uniform and cap's standing walking between the two of them and he has his shield and the um inmates are at the at their their doors right and they're they're putting their fists up and they're yelling at him and uh you know, the first one's saying, well, well, look what popped in for a visit. Captain America himself. That fancy pants flags waver is the creep who set me up in this joint. Same here. What's up, hero man? You come by to gloat. He looks real brave, don't he? Strutting in here with a police escort like he owned the place. Yeah, sure wish he was on the inside of these bars for 10 minutes. We'd take that pride out of his hide. And then the guard comes up to one of the cells and says, okay, Cap, this is the cell Warden told us to bring you to. And then they get to the next page, Bob, and it's a big splash of them throwing Cap in. One guy takes his shield, the other guy pushes him in. And they're like, now get in. And it's a big title splash, and it says, prison reform. And then... The credits say crime reporter Al Milgram, police sketches, A. Cooperberg, quick draw on Al Milgram, letter of the law, Jim Novak, Doc Martin alias, Rossos and Don W., the warden, Jim Salakrup, the governor, Jim Shooter. So he's the editor in chief. I like that. That's cute. That is clever. So then we get to the next uh page and caps kneeling on the floor like he just got pushed in and then we see his his um his cellmates but the guards behind there goes like here's your new cellmate boys but it beats me why anyone would request a cell with thumper morgan the toughest con in the joint and thumper's like this is too good to be true and then there's a young young kid in there little blonde guy uh he could be more than 18 to 20 right mm-hmm. and he's like wow and then thumper comes over kicks cap while he's down on the ground captain america thrown in into my cell i almost beat you last time we rumbled this time i'll kill you when was the last time we rumbled oh that was uh tales of suspense 62 rick ah you know, that was a long time ago uh, with the cover date of February 1965. Wow. So this is 16 years later. So Cap uh, recovers and he springs up by kicking Thumper in the face. Your memory is as weak as your chin, Thumper. As I recall, our last set, set two went pretty much like this. Bah, I'm bigger, stronger than you. Is this cramped cell? Your speed won't do you no good got a duck block that stool with my shoulder give it up hero there's no room to run thumper captain america doesn't need room to run and he comes up with both fists and he hits him in the face and it says Kapow! i'm gonna be here for a while thumper so let's make the best of it you won't take me by surprise and you can't beat me and he puts his hand on the shoulder of the, the blonde kid. I noticed you didn't join me in the fracas, son. Thanks. How did a youngster like you end up in a cell with a hard case like him anyway? And then we get the backstory of this young lad. And we see uh, through flashbacks. Hey, I ain't no kid, Cap. And the name's Zach. Tony Zach. And as for how I got here, my folks never had no time for me. The old man just thought I was trash. 
Mom did the best she could, but that was never enough. I took to running with a gang in the Bronx. Of course, I had my share of trouble. Got more than my share of trouble one time when the gang decided to go big time, pulling some real dough from the man instead of cutting on on each other in the streets. My mom could have used that money. Too bad I was slower than my buddies getting out the back way. Like I said, I had my share of trouble. When it came up on this felony rap, well, the judge wasn't exactly what you'd call sympathetic. So here I am. A lot of kids had a rough, Tony. My own situation when I was a boy wasn't so much different. But it's no excuse for turning to crime. Not if you can't do any better than that two-bit robbery attempt, it ain't. But we're taking real good care of little Tony here. Putting him through school. He'll be as tough as savvy as they come by the time he gets out of here. Right, kid? Uh, yeah. Sure, Thumper. That's right. And then Cap looks off. And he's looking outside the, the cell door. Hmm. Warden Michaels was right. This is a typical case of the prison system taking a young offender and turning him into a hardened criminal. It exposes him to desperate, hopeless men who teach him the tricks of their dishonest trades. It's a system that must be changed. We need to ask Al about that. Mm-hmm. Say, Cap, you ain't told us why you've been thrown in the lockup. It ain't every day we get a big hero for a roommate. I'm in here for just one reason, Tony to escape on that enigmatic note lights out is sounded and this odd assortment of cellmates retire to their respective cots the night passes slowly but it pass it does and with the dawn captain america is escorted from his cell to attend and he's in the office of the warden a press conference yes cap i I thought it was the best way to reveal the reason behind your incarceration here. And there's a whole bunch of reporters and they're taking, uh, they have their pads out because they're writing with, uh, you know, pen and paper. Remember those days, Bob? Mm-hmm. Got my pen right here. I, I don't have any paper though. Oh. And there, one young uh, lady reporter says, and just what is that reason, Warden Michaels? Right to the point as usual, eh, Hildy? Well, you are certainly well aware of the controversy that has surrounded this prison in recent months. As you know, the former superintendent, Carlson, had authorized the installation of a huge magnetically powered door, which is to have kept the prison secure. The only thing which could open the door was a certain sequence of sound waves. Carlson chose to be overly ironic. The sound he chose as the key was the name... Captain America. The consequences were inevitable. And we cut to that scene, and here's this huge magnetic door, uh, and there's a bunch of convicts all standing around. And one guy says, so, so who sent you up this time, Eddie? Can you believe it? It was one of those costume creeps. Captain America. And then all of a sudden, the gate, it's opening. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's bust out of this hole. By lucky coincidence, a contingent of guards was passing the doors at that precise moment. A catastrophe was narrowly averted. No real harm was done, but somehow the papers got hold of the store. Local citizen groups were up in arms. The magnetic door was replaced with a more conventional model, and Carlson resigned. I took over. But the people demanded further reassurance. That's why I've asked Captain America to come here. Cap and I had occasion to serve together during World War II. And as you can see, he's weathered the years somewhat better than myself, but was still more than willing to do a favor for an old friend. When I explained my problem, Cap suggested that we imprison him like an ordinary inmate. He would attempt to escape in order to verify just how secure the prison truly is. Cap, you've been awfully quiet. Tell me, if you're a friend of the warden's, How can we really believe that you'll try your best to break out and chance embarrassing him? Because, Miss Hildy, I give you my word. Captain America's word. That's good enough for me. Got to phone the story in. The chief will kill me if we get scooped by the bugle again. 
But all this time, Bob, there's been this uh, older looking guy kind of standing around, short, bald, um, and he's uh, wearing prison fatigues. And he thinks to himself, ha, I knew this trustee job would pay off for the old deacon sooner or later. I could use this information to help me break myself out of stir. Guard, if you will return Captain America to his cell now. Yes, sir. Now that he's gone, I have one more surprise to reveal. This new surveillance system that we have installed during my tenure here. Captain America is not aware of this system, which will make his escape efforts that much more difficult. Further, it will allow you to witness firsthand the prison routine. And there's this whole wall of um, video uh, monitors, Bob. And as the long day wears on, they're watching the day-to-day of all the inmates, and particularly Captain America. And the reporters are just drinking coffee, having a cigarette, yawning. Oh, this is worse than watching daytime television. Oh, I don't know. Have you watched All My Children lately? Kidding aside, guys, exercise in the yard, work in the laundry, a couple of meals, then back to their cells. What a boring, tedious life. My point exactly. Such an existence is nothing to rehabilitate these perennial offenders. That's why I propose a system of sweeping prison reform to educate, to enlighten, and instill hope in these men, to prepare them for a useful life outside of prison. But first, the security of the prison itself must be established. So uh, then we cut to outside in the yard where inmates are working out, they're playing volleyball, uh, exercising. The next day in prison yard, Captain America is the subject of some controversy. What's the idea of them putting that Avenger in here with us cons? I don't like it. They're treating him like a regular con, but he must be in here to spy on us. Well, if he wants something to report, let's give it to him. And this guy picks up this huge dumbbell and he comes walking towards Cap. And another guy, he talks to, uh, to our, our little friend, Tony. Yeah, he could tell them just how long a super stool pigeon can live when he's caged up with some tougher jailbirds. Hey, wait a minute, you guys. I I think Cap's on the level. Stow it, kid. All right, red, white, and blue. How about some uh, exercise? And actually, he throws a a barbell at him. Cap thinks to himself, I was expecting this. But he picks up a garbage can, and he turns around and quickly blocks it. With barely a conscious thought, Captain America swings into action, blocking the hurtling barbell becoming a human fighting machine. And he comes up and he punches the guy. But the guards one are, are standing back. One, guy, one guard says to the rest, hold it, boys. We could break this up if it gets too hairy. But Cap doesn't look like he's in trouble. Besides, this I want to watch. Is this how you men usually get a workout? Must play havoc with the attendance on the work details. Only one that won't be able to work with this little scrap is one is going to be with you, man. Lucky for me, he started talking before he started hitting. It gave me a chance to roll forward with the punch. And if he follows up like I expect he's going to, and then he, he ducks and the guy behind him punches the guy in front of him. He did. You tagged your buddy. Now it's my turn to get into the game. You're it. And he punches him in the face. Wow. And the guards are like, look at that guy. Go to town. A couple like him would make our job a lot easier. But there aren't any more like him. Besides, one's enough. The inmates would certain the inmates would certainly share the guard's sentiment as Cap picks up a barbell. You guys seem to enjoy pumping iron. Let me show you a little trick I've been trying to teach Lou Ferrigno. Hey Bob, who's Lou Ferrigno? Hook smash. Yeah. Oh Lou, man. Yeah. So back in nineteen eighty one, this was uh that, that was a big show. That was, yes. The, yeah, the Incredible Hulk, Lou Ferrigno. Bill Bixby. Eddie's dad. That's true. Yeah. My favorite, Marsh. Nice. Right? 
I'm out. <laughs> Top <laughs> <right>. it out. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Captain's running at at them with the barbell, and he makes a funny Bob. He makes a pun. You ready? Yep. It's not exactly a clean and jerk. It's more like cleaning up on some jerks. <laughs> <laughs> and and look at him. He's twirling a barbell with weights on it. It's got to weigh a hundred pounds, and he's twirling it like a baton. Yeah. What do they What do they call those? The, a baton. I, no, my mom used to do this back in high school in the 1950s. A majorette. He's like a, a major. And she would twirl what? You know, the baton. A baton. Yeah, yeah, toss it in the air, all that. Yeah. That's, yeah. 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 I'm okay. just saying, he's like a majorette. Oh, okay. Except he's a captain. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so he's not done. He's not done with the puns, man. He says, he says, uh, there's a guy coming up running behind him. And he says, but remember, fellas, we're working out with weights. Always have a backup man who can lend a hand in case you let anything slip. Oops. And he drops a barbell <laughs> on the guy's foot, which probably crushes it because it weighs 100 pounds. Yeah, right. Yeah. No worries. You got good health care in that, uh, that in the lockup, I'm sure. Uh, I, I bet. Yeah. So all these guys are laying down on the ground, knocked out. And the guards are like, phew, that about says it. Man. Look at the way those hard characters just move out of his way as he passes. Not many men could command that kind of respect. The guard is not the only one who has been impressed by Captain America. And as he's walking by, Tony comes up to him. Man, Cap, that was really something. I ain't never seen fighting like that. I didn't like it when those guys started ganging up on you. But now I see it was you who had them outnumbered. You got class. Thanks, Tony. You're not bad yourself. I heard you trying to talk those men out of attacking me. I appreciate the effort. Uh, look, Cap, you said you were in here to try and break out. How come you haven't done it yet? I have to get to know the layout a bit better first, son. Besides, there's someone in stir here who I'm trying to help. And then he thinks to himself, and that someone is you, Tony. And as they're walking away, we see Thumper and uh, with... Um, Deacon. Deacon. Yeah, yeah, Deacon, right? And 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 by the way, where do we know Thumper and Deacon from, Bob? That was, again, Tales of Suspense 62, Breakout in Cell Block 10. All right. That's yeah. cool that Al went all the way back 15, 16 years to, to almost do a sequel to that story. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I'm sorry. We'll have to ask him about that. And so Thumper says to Deacon, huh? The kid sure is getting chummy with all stars and stripes, ain't he? Used to be he looked up to me. Sure would like to settle that hero's hash. Don't be a fool, Thumper. Huh? Who are you calling a fool, Deacon? Are all your brains in your fists? You know as well as I do that Captain America's sole purpose here is to engineer an escape. All we have to do is watch him, bide our time, then follow him out when he makes his break. Hey, that's right. Good thinking, Deacon. Of course. Now it's up to you to see that no harm comes to the good captain before he makes his break, right? Right. So now they're uh, in a uh, metal shop, right, Bob? I don't know. What, are they, is that, what do they call that? Yeah, that doesn't seem like a, something you want prisoners involved in. Yeah, well, Maybe they're making Shins. license plates. Oh, license plates, yeah. Right? You know, I... Bob, I'm looking at this comic and you know, I'm a stickler, man. Mm -hmm. White stripe under a white star the entire time. It's not good. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's two kinds of people in the world, Rick. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's just like when it comes to taking Funkos out of boxes, right? There's two kinds of people. Oh, in the world, right? <laughs> there's those that actually enjoy their product uh, and those that right. uh, don't. Right. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Later that same day in the prison metal shop, I tell you, I'm getting sick and tired of seeing that red, white, and blue bozo everywhere I turn. Yeah, let's turn him blood red, black, and blue instead. 
unaware that he is the subject of the ominous conversation, Captain America works surreptitiously on a rather special bit of metal craft. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Nicely done. Thank you. I've got to be careful. No one sees me working on this makeshift miniature version of my shield. It'll come in handy when I finally make my escape attempt. Hey, you, you guys, the guards are grabbing a cup of coffee. Now's our chance. You don't have to tell me twice. And then Thumper sees what's going on about these guys coming up behind Captain America. Uh-oh, I don't like the looks of this. And he comes over to stop them. What do you want, Thumper? I got business. If you got business with the hero, you'll have to take it up with me. Back off, big man. You, just because you're afraid of your new roommate. Afraid? And he punches the guy. But another guy pulls out a blade. Hmm. One of those cons pulled a knife. I better pitch in before someone else gets badly hurt. But first, I'll use this distraction to slip my shield under my shirt unnoticed. Then, to work. And he dives into the group, punching and knocking down three of them. And it says... Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, I, I, Rick. I was, I was lost. I, you, you skipped right over the little, the little editorial comment on the bottom where it says a Donnybrook ensues. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Donnybrook. Oh, I was like, I, you know, I, I generally understand what that word is supposed to like imply, but I, I was quickly looking it up because I, I was like, I have to know the actual definition for a Donnybrook. I, uh, I, I, you're right. I did miss that. I do see that now. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to ask Al if he's been in any Donnybrooks lately. It's a scene of uproar and disorder. A raucous ideological Donnybrook would be an example. So like that's mm. word you don't really hear a lot anymore. Indeed. Yeah. So, but to answer your question, kawam. <laughs> Nicely done. And then as Cap's fighting a couple of the inmates, Thumper's fighting as well. Thumper seems to be more than holding his own, but hey, big fella, what do you say we wrap this up? You got it, Cap. And acting as if with a single thought, wrap it up, they do. And they do. They, they, they take uh, the person they're fighting and they throw each person at each other. And Thumper thinks to himself, man, Look at this guy. He ain't even breathing hard. And I'm sweating like a cold water pipe in the middle of July. Nice work, Thumper. You handle yourself well. Yeah? Uh, thanks, Cap. You, you were pretty good, too. This newly formed Mutual Admiration Society's first meeting is interrupted as the guards at last arrive on the scene. All right, you men, back to yourselves. Your privileges are going to be revoked from now till doomsday. Who's responsible for this anyway? I'm afraid I am, officer. Huh? My presence here is, unfortunately, causing undue friction among the men. Don't punish them. I'll take full responsibility. Well, okay, if you say so, Cap. Hey, how about that? Captain America stood up for us. Ain't that something? Maybe we had that guy pegged wrong. And then there's Tony thinking to himself. I don't get it. Say, Cap, Thumper's been on your case since you got here. Why'd you want to go and help him out? I don't like seeing anyone ganged up on Tony, not even a foe. Some people would probably say I'm a sucker, but I guess it's just my nature to want to help out the underdog. Understand? Yeah, maybe I do. I want to stop here, Bob. Mm-hmm. To me, this is the essence of cap mm -hmm. right i don't like seeing anyone ganged up on not even a foe i admire that right. you know i really do i strive to be like that i try you know i i don't like bullies bob right mm -hmm. uh and and I'll, I'll be honest i don't deal well with very um assertive people you know like mm -hmm. you know my personality tends to uh get a little um uncomfortable around around 
that. And, and, and when people start bullying either verbally or God forbid, physically, you know, I just don't like bullies. That said, if there was a foe, someone who wished me ill will and, and tried to physically harm me and they were being bullied and ganged up on, I don't know if I could, you know, do the same thing that Cap does and, and go to that person's rescue, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, that's something to strive for. I, I don't know. That's a characteristic, um, you know, I think is, <clears throat> is, I don't know, really admirable. You know, the thing I, 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 think, I think you're absolutely right. But, and I think the thing about Cap is he's all about applying the minimum amount of force necessary or the minimum amount of violence necessary to do the job that is necessary, right? To stop mm-hmm. what he is trying to stop. And so even in the case of a foe, uh, piling on is antithetical to, to that spirit, right? Of just, you just, you do what is necessary to stop the threat, but you don't go beyond that, mm-hmm. right? Um, because that's unethical. It's unethical to do that. And so I think we're, we're seeing a little bit of a hint of that, right? He, he does just enough to put an end to what's going on, but he doesn't go beyond that. And he doesn't want anybody else to pile on uh, in that situation. Yeah, well said. Well said. I think that's part of the integrity that he has and the compassion he has, which are, are two characteristics that we felt strongly about to make it onto the what would Cap do challenge coin. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's there's eight characteristics that we have on the coin. Um, and I think integrity and compassion, you know, which are two of them, I think fall into this category. And, and that's, I don't know, something something to admire about this character. Yeah, I think, you know, this is something we I mean, this is it's contemporary. It's historical. Right. I mean, we have to think about the the ethics that are involved here and i think maybe we don't reflect on that but uh it's become sort of acceptable in society to just keep pummeling right to keep pummeling your opponents your uh who, who you view as the bad guy or the bad gal uh and, and just keep pummeling beyond the point where it's necessary to to make a point or to to, to stop them from doing what they're doing and and tap opposes that he is he stands for not doing that uh and i think we we should reflect more on what cap um what would cap do in those instances that's a good point i mean the whole pummeling on right Mm -hmm. kicking someone while they're down yes exactly yeah like but if you think about it thumper the man he protected kicked cap while he was down in the cell Mm -hmm. right and and that's uh, that that that's a huge difference right there right so as uh tony and thumper are being escorted away with the other prisoners being herded back to their cells to cool down thumper i saw what happened in there those guys were going to jump cap but you stopped them how come you starting to like the guy don't be stupid kid i had to keep him from getting wasted because he's our ticket out of here. Huh? Sure. The deacon and me, we got it all figured out. See, we figured when Cap makes his break out of here, the guards ain't really going to be doing their best to stop him. So a bunch of us can get away at the same time. Till then, we got to keep him safe. Stick close to him. And when he makes his break, keep him from spotting us. Then, while the guards are looking the other way to give Cap a chance to escape, we can get out too. And if we're real lucky, we'll get a chance to settle with the big hero man on the outside. But, but Cap just saved your life, and, and you still want to get him killed? Too bad, kid. I didn't ask him for no favors. You've got to look out for yourself in this world. Anyone who don't is nothing but a sucker. You dig? Sure, Thumper. A sucker. But somehow, it just don't seem that way anymore. And the guards are like, all right, men, it's into a lockup. Let's move it. Come on, Cap, you too. Quit dragging your heels. Of course, guard. 
sorry. I just wanted to get in position to do this in a single smooth, unobtrusive motion, which few men could duplicate. Captain America slips a thin metal plate into the door as it closes. This will keep the deadbolt from locking. Tonight, I make my break. The hours pass slowly, as they always do in prison. But at last, lights out is sounding, and towards dawn, Cap slides from his cot. Tony and Thumper are asleep, and if I'm going to make my move, it's got to be now. With almost inhuman stealth, the Avenger eases open the door of his cell and slips into the corridor. Got to be careful to stay out of the range of those hidden cameras I spotted. Clever of the warden not to tell me about those, but I never expected this mission to be completely free of surprises. And speaking of surprises, ha, Cap thought I was sleeping, but I had my eye on him the whole time. Now I'll tell the deacon and we can follow the masked man out of this joint. But Thumper is not aware that he, too, is being followed. And so Tony is following Thumper, who's following Cap. Hey, Deacon, it's Thumper. Cap's making his break. But how are you going to get out of your cell? Easy, my boy. As trustee, I have access to many of the keys. Of course, just being able to get out of the cell did me no good. But now that we've got Captain America to show us the way out of prison itself, let's go. Moving quickly, the deacon frees a number of fellow inmates in the immediate cell block. Why are you letting all these guys out, deacon? Their strength in numbers, Thumper. Not only will these serve as a distraction to any guards who chance upon the break, but if it comes down to a battle, we'll need as many men as possible. As the desperate convicts dash through the halls of the prison, they are unaware that their actions are being monitored by the hidden cameras Captain America strove so hard to avoid. And... In the warden's office. Warden, there's a jailbreak. What? And look, Bob, he's so surprised the pipe's falling out of his mouth. <laughs> Looks like Walt Disney there. He really does, doesn't he? Yeah. But it's just regular inmates. Captain America isn't even with them. And one of the reporters like, well, I got to get this all down. I could win the Pulitzer Prize. And he pulls out his microphone so he could record into it. It was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> What's that too, Bob? It was a dark and stormy night. I don't know, Rick. What is it too? You know, really? Uh, I don't know. That's a famous book. Is it, is it Mickey Spillane? I don't know. <laughs> you looked it up. <laughs> it's so famous. I gotta Google it. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's a play uh-huh. there was a play okay. called it was a dark and stormy night all right yeah huh. good to but, know but but where does that come from though um i'm surprised that maybe it was an opening line of a mickey spillane novel no or, yeah i can totally see that right you know um the first dark and stormy night was conjured up by the English Victorian novelist, playwright, and politician who rejoiced in the name of Sir Edward George Earl Bowler Lytton. Mm-hmm. It, it's become synonymous with Victorian melodramatic style, of which Bowler Lytton's many works provided numerous examples. This style has long been out of fashion and considered kitsch and risible. Now I have to look up risible. <laughs> <laughs> This could go on and on. Uh, but then, yeah, we're talking back in the 1800s, man. Oh, my goodness. There was a, a novel, Paul Clifford, and, and the novel began, it was a dark and stormy night. It really was, because they didn't have electricity back then. Oh, God. <laughs> it was also used frequently as a comic device in Peanuts by Charles Schultz. I did not know that. Yeah, where where uh, uh, that might be where <laughs> that's probably where I know it from. <laughs> God, no, it wasn't literature. <laughs> it was from the comic strip, Peanuts, where where uh, Snoopy was sitting on top of his uh, of his um, uh, his little you know red 
mm-hmm. uh, right. doghouse, right? Yeah. And he's sitting there with a typer, ty- uh, typer, like he's and he's sitting there with a uh, a typewriter. Yeah. And, he's, and it's typing. It was a dark and stormy night. Yeah, that's probably where it's from. I I'm, I imagine you're probably a bit behind on your 1830s Victorian <laughs> yes. English uh, literature. <laughs> just a tad. Just a tad. <laughs> the meaning to catch up. Yeah. yeah. Alas. <laughs> uh, all right. Meanwhile, Captain America moves like a swift, silent shadow, hurtling through the dark recesses of the prison. In his wake, the guards alerted by the warden make short work of those prisoners who struggled vainly to match the flashing speed of the red, white, and blue Avenger. And then this is a pretty pretty cool uh, panel mm-hmm. in the middle of this page. Um, because you know, Bob, I'm a sucker for when they draw Captain America like mm-hmm. moving in motion all in the same panel. So it's like, you know, and, and the coloring is faded so you can see that it's it's not, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so this this middle panel <clears throat> is um two guards on the bottom floor uh talking to each other. And Cap on the of second floor above them is jumping from one side to the other, but he's using the lights as like almost like a you know a chandelier to kind of like you know swing to the other side. Uh, so I thought that this is pretty cool. Um, and one of the guards says, "Can you believe this, Frank? We're told to be on the alert for Captain America making a break, and a bunch of our regular customers lights out instead." Yeah, well, nobody's going to get by us. You'd have to have wings to make it across this floor unseen. And of course, he made it across unseen. And he's got wings. So Cap's swinging. So there's been a real prison break. It's just a matter of time before they realize I've escaped. If things get out of hand, I'll have to forget my own escape and help the guards. Meanwhile, I'll double back to my own cell block. Once they know I'm missing, they'll never expect to see me be around there. And then out of nowhere, Tony comes. Cap! Tony. Man, you're a hard guy to keep up with. If you hadn't come back this way, I I never would have caught up with you. Listen, man, Thumper and Deacon escaped. They was planning to follow your lead to blow the joint, then kill you. I had to warn you. I suspected something like that when I heard there had been a breakout. Thanks, Tony. But our first order of business is to get you back in your cell. And he grabs Tony and throws him in. Hey, let me down. What you doing? I don't mean to seem ungrateful, Tony, but life will be easier if you're safe and sound back here rather than caught in the middle of a jailbreak attempt. And then he jumps from the second floor to the first. Now to put the final part of my plan into action. First, down to ground level. Then I'll use my makeshift shield to pry the courtyard door open. It's tricky. Have to apply just the right amount of leverage at the exact angle did it and now the moan of truth because he's outside on the on the grounds now even can even i throw this poorly balanced hunk of metal with enough accuracy to serve my purpose one chance is all i'll get it won't return to me if i miss like my own shield he tenses his powerful body coiling like a spring then in one movement fluid yet at the same time explosive he hurls the disc and it slices the rope of the flagpole neatly in twain. Ah, success. I had to cut that line near the top of the pole in order to get sufficient slack to try this. And he takes a headlong running start, grabs the swaying coil of rope, and with a Herculean effort, bellied by the grace with which it is executed, he clears the wall. I'm at the height of my arc now. Got to twist my body in midair. Get the extra bit of momentum that will take me over the wall without getting myself crippled or killed when I make the long drop to the ground. Back within the prison walls, Cap's feet is viewed with an equal mixture of awe and frustration. I can't believe it. Did you just see what he just did? Yeah, man. And we was following him out so he could lead us out of here. Ain't nobody can make a jump like that. Nuts. That's speaking of speaking of Charlie Brown. (laughs) (laughs) Nuts. And then the police surround the uh, the escapees. 
That's right, boys. And you're going back to your cells right now. This is the last of them. Call the warden. Let him know. The break is over. And as if on cue, the massive doors of the prison swing inward, heralding the return of Captain America. Okay, warden. So you caught us. But Cap escaped. Your prison's a bust. You failed. I, I, I don't know what to say. Warden, I'd like to recommend leniency for those convicts who tried to escape. Again, I, I feel as if I was my presence here, which stirred them up. I'm sure under your progressive program of prison reform, they'll begin to respond favorably. I especially like to put in a good word for young Tony Zack. You were right. He's not a hardened criminal. With proper counseling, he can, he can become a productive member of society. Of course, Cap. I'll definitely review his case. And then the reporters are there. But Warden, what the con said was true. Your system failed. How can you seriously consider a more liberal prison system when your security is so poor that men can escape? Ah, but remember the young lady reporter. Hildy. Yeah. Now, wait one second, fella. Men did not escape. One man escaped. The warden system, even under these extremely unusual conditions, worked. I think his proposals for reform should be given a chance, too. And that's the way little Hildy's going to write it for her paper. Besides, that one man who escaped, that was no ordinary man. That was Captain America. When you try to imprison him, you might just as well try to cage the very spirit of freedom itself. The end. Wow. What'd you think, Bob? You know, it's a pretty good story. And I, and I could see, I mean, it was very timely at the time. I mean, we're going to talk to Al about it. But, you know, one of the things that really precipitated that uh, New Mexico State Penitentiary riot and all the death and destruction that came there was the overcrowding. It was the way the facilities were, you know, degraded. It was the poor food. You know, lots of things were going wrong. And uh, and so people were speaking out about prison reform at the time and the importance mm -hmm. of that. So I could see how that might have influenced this. Yeah. Now, it's it's an interesting, timely story. And here it is, you know, 40 years later. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I would be, you know, uh, ignorant to say if I know whether or not uh, a lot of prison reform has been made. I, I would assume so in the last 40 years, especially in today's times. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a hard hitting topic at the time. So it'd be uh, interesting to see how much Al Milgram remembers of it <laughs> from writing a story 40, 40 years ago. Uh, uh, so, so that'll be an interesting conversation. Yeah. Well, it's also interesting. I mean, if you think about it, this was how many years after uh, Tales of Suspense 62, about 15 years, yeah, right? Mm -hmm, about that. 50, 15 years after this, right? Mark Wade in volume three, issue 260, had another prison reform story about the use of private prisons uh, for immigration and naturalization detainees. And so, you know, this is a perennial uh, question about, you know, prisons and what sort of environment and how do, how do prisoners get treated? How do, I mean, is it, is, it, is it punitive or is it, uh, you know, a progressive form of remediation, right? Are they trying to remediate prisoners to make them productive citizens or simply punishing them? So, I mean, this is a conversation that I think keeps going on. Yeah, I agree. And, and for our purposes, for this podcast series, um, we're not going to sit here and have a debate on prison reform and talk about whether it should be punitive or whether it should be uh, something that's going to help help those become better citizens and get reacclimated back into society when their time is served. But this podcast series does hopefully raise the question so that you can give it some consideration yourself and ultimately consider what would Cap do? Right, right. But I think it's, it's it, I mean, the, this, this story sort of exemplifies, you know, when we talk about, and Tom Bravort mentioned this in our, in our interview with him, that, um, you know, comics try to stay away from real world things, right? But they take real world things and present them in ways that um, just cause us to maybe think about issues more broadly, mm -hmm. right? And so this wasn't about a particular 
prison outbreak, right? But it talked about prison reform. So it, it broadly broached the subject and maybe piqued some interest in, in comics readers to explore the topic a little more fully. And that's one of the things that comics can do. Comics can be entertaining, but they can also spark interest, right? And cause us to, to educate ourselves and become more informed about topics. Yep. A hundred percent. And, and just so people are aware, you know, we're not only going to talk with Al Milgram about this particular issue. Al was, um, you know, he, he was also a longtime anchor uh, on, on Captain America, where he was teamed up with penciler Kieran Dwyer. Uh, so we want to talk to him about, about his time on the series with that. Um, he also penciled a few issues. Um, we want to talk to him about that. He also was the penciler for Secret Wars 2. Uh, the sequel, and uh, which also starred Captain America. So we want to talk about him about that and a few other things as well. So come back uh, next episode uh, where we'll have our conversation with Al Milgram in episode 73. Uh, so I think that about wraps it up, no pun intended. Uh, so, Bob, as always, it's been fun wrapping cap with you. It has. It has. I can't wait for the next time. All right. He's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbanis, and you've been listening to another episode of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast.